You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Yeah, good times today. So uh, you guys go ahead and take a load off and sit down just for a minute in case you're new here. Uh, my name is Doug. I'm the pastor here at City Church Downtown. And uh, just so you know, we've got a, a new member of the family here at City Church Downtown. Um, you've probably noticed uh, if you've been here in past weeks, um, Natalie Kreifels was kind of had little cute little pregnant bulge right there, right? Uh, well, last night, uh, Elodie Kreifels came into the world and we got a picture of uh, Elodie here. So she's looking good. It's Jake and Natalie's uh, new little daughter. Now, ladies, I know you want the stats and all that, right? I mean, men are just like, hey, it's a pink blob laying there, okay? But the ladies are like, how long is it? How much did it weigh? All this kind of stuff. I don't know. We'll bring you the stats next week. Uh, I think Natalie probably needs to rest for a while. She's been doing a little work uh, throughout the night. So uh, anyways, a few things that I want to talk about today uh, related to prayer, because those of you that have been here know that we've been in this series called 21 Days of Prayer. Uh, where, where we've been praying and fasting. So some people have been praying from uh, praying and fasting from all foods. Some people have been fasting from like certain foods. Like some have been doing what, what we call the Daniel fast, where you just eat fruits and vegetables and drink water and don't eat any meat. Um, others have been fasting from specific things like maybe coffee, or some have been fasting from social media or TV to be able to focus. And uh, we hope that we've added power to our prayers as we've been fasting and praying for 21 days in the series. We break the fast today after church, so some of us are kind of looking forward to that, aren't we? Um, That's going to be a good time. And we've been making this declaration. Prayer is our first response. Finish it with me. Not our last resort. Isn't that good? Because we want to be those people that put God first in our lives, and we come to him first about every issue in our lives. Before it even becomes an issue sometimes, we want to come to the Lord and connect with him uh, in prayer. Now, remember last week we were studying prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and we saw that getting to the prayer closet is actually in the Jewish mind, actually getting up underneath the prayer closet shawl. And so we studied the prayer shawl last week. We're going to continue that this week. In this picture, you can see some Jewish people at the Western Wall in Jerusalem getting into their prayer closet, actually covering themselves with their prayer shawls. And we're going to unpack more of that in just a bit. Um, In fact, when you came in today, you got a little handout that's going to give you a model prayer because um, what we're going to study today is a prayer that's called, oftentimes called the Our Father Prayer. Some of you grew up calling it the Lord's Prayer. I like to call it the model prayer because I believe it's like a template for prayer. And not only will it help guide you through your prayer experience today, because today is gonna be us praying a lot of prayers throughout the service, um, but you can take it home with you and use it as a template or a model for your own prayers um, as you seek to apply the things that we're learning here. And one of the things that we've seen is that the uh, our Father prayer or the model prayer is actually a very Jewish prayer. And I'm going to show you a chart that compares it to other Jewish prayers. Uh, one is called the Kaddish, one's Grace After Meals, one's called Amida. But look in the right-hand column there, and you can see these Jewish prayers. They pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be his greatness. May he establish his kingdom in the world he created according to his will. He gives bread to all flesh. Our Father, forgive our sins. Sound familiar? Well, it's very much like the, uh, the model prayer that we're studying today from Matthew 6. And so we're going to see the Jewish roots of the uh, model prayer here. And in particular, you're going to see the first thing is very Jewish to pray about uh, honor for his name. 
pray honor for his name. See, in this model prayer, Jesus says to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your what? Name. See, his name is very important. Remember last week, we saw that in the prayer shawl when we studied the corner tassels called the tzitzit. Last week, we saw that the windings uh, were very intentionally made on the tzitzit to represent certain things. So you see seven eight and 11 windings between the knots on this particular seat uh, Z. And the meaning of this is that if you add seven and eight, it's 15. In Hebrew, 15 makes yod Hey in the characters. And then 11 is the, the next winding, and that makes vav Hey. You put it together, and it makes what's called the tetragrammaton, or God's name, Yahweh. That's what it is. It was a big deal to Jewish people to be able to say God's name, Yahweh. It's not like this cold, distant God that doesn't want to be known. He's like, hey, let me introduce myself. I'm Yahweh, is what he's saying. It's a very important uh, name. And so when we're in the prayer closet, when we go into our private prayers, um, we want to begin those prayers by speaking God's name in a very honoring way. Because look, have you ever seen those uh, shirts that say like, Jesus is my homeboy or whatever that? That is not the way we wanna come to God initially, right? Uh, he's father and we can come to him intimately and lovingly like our dad, but we wanna honor him. If your dad was the greatest being in all the universe, do you just wanna come up to him and uh, say, what's up, dude, you know? No, you wanna come to him and speak in an honoring way. It's just good manners, isn't it? To come before the God Almighty who created the universe before us and speak his names in an honoring way. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put some names of God on screen and you guys are gonna say them with me out loud. Are you ready to do this? Here we go. Yahweh, creator, eternal king, perfect father, God almighty, God most high, my rock, my savior, God of glory, God of grace, God of hope, God of love, God of peace, God of retribution, God of the living, God of truth, my strength, my avenger, holy one, king of heaven, my shield, my healer, my provider, my advocate, my comforter, my confidence. So let's stand up together now and sing to our awesome God, our awesome Father. So you guys can go ahead and take a seat just for a minute. And it's like, you know what? Your prayer times can be like that. You can get lost in the glory of the Father. Sometimes your whole prayer time, you won't even get past phase one of the model prayer because you can just get enveloped into his glory, into his grandeur, into his greatness, and you can play music along with it when you uh, pray to our good Father. But one of the things that we just sang, and by the way, singing can be a prayer too, can't it? Is when you sing, you're singing a prayer. Prayer doesn't have to be just sitting on your bedside, you know, doing this, but it's prayer, it's walking, it's talking, it's singing. Sometimes it's yelling at God. I don't recommend that all the time, but uh, it takes a lot of different forms. But one of the things that we just sang 
in our singing prayer just now was, yours is the kingdom. And when we pray through this model prayer, we're praying about the kingdom. Jesus said to pray, your what? Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everywhere you see God's kingdom, you will see his will being done. See, the kingdom and God's will go together. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But in the Jewish mind, you've got to understand this, is that there is this direct connection between God's will and God's word. Did you catch that? There's this, uh, there's this connection between God's will and God's word. You know, a lot of people want some type of esoteric experience of God speaking to them, but we could just go to his word and find out what his word says, and that will help us know how to live out his will on earth as it is uh, in heaven. And we saw that last week when a Jewish person would get underneath the prayer shawl, they would be reminded of God's word. If you look at the picture of the seatzi, remember um, the values and the colors are put together with a lot of specifics there. And so there are eight strings on this seatzi. Seven of them are going to be white and one of them is going to be blue. And I wanted to show you this chart uh, that there are five knots on the seatzi that represent the five books of Torah, which would be the first five books of our Bibles. And that was the Jewish Bible at the time was the Torah. And 600 is the numeric value of the word sitzi. Now, some of you remember that in the Hebrew language, there aren't numbers. So there's numeric values given to different characters in the Hebrew alphabet. And the numeric value of the word sitzi is uh, 600. And it has, remember, eight strings. So if you add the eight strings, the five knots, and the numeric value of the word sitzi is 600, you get a total of 613 for the sitzi. They put this together intentionally so it would remind them of the 613 commands inside the five books, the Torah, that Jewish people are supposed to live out in order to make his will be done on earth as it is in heaven to follow uh, his word. Now, another thing I want to show you in the colors there is that the one blue string and then the white strings, well, blue represents heaven. Remember, we want his will to be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. See? See? So when you, when you look at the seatzi, it reminds you that if you apply God's word to your life, it makes you clean. It's like God's word is heaven come to earth. And when we apply it rightly and live it out, then we become purified and clean in this life. And Jewish people even today will take their left hand and grab the four corners, the four seatzi, and hold them in their hand and kiss them because they have this affection for the word of God. The word of God is not just a bunch of suggestions, but it's stuff that we're supposed to live by to bring his will on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we bring his kingdom. And so we're gonna go through some more prayers and I wanna ask you to pray these prayers out loud with me when they come up on screen. You guys ready? Here we go, let's pray them. Ready? God, bring your kingdom in my life. God, bring your kingdom in the lives of my family or my roommates. God, bring your kingdom in this church. God, bring your kingdom in my school or in my work. So uh, the next phase 
of this model prayer is asking about our needs. And the way Jesus words it is he says, pray about bread, bread. He says, give us this day our daily what? Bread. So these Jewish followers that were just getting to know Jesus and being trained by him, no doubt they would have seen the Roman bread carts go by. And what the Romans would do is they would send around these carts and they would throw bread out to their subjects in their kingdom. And uh, there was this one poet who was kind of a satirical poet in Rome. His name was Juvenal. And uh, Juvenal, kind of an unfortunate name, isn't it? Juvenal, he must not have been a very good teenager and gone to juvie or something like that. But Juvenal said, um, give them bread and circuses and they'll never revolt. You see what he's getting at there? He's kind of making a jab at the Caesars because if you just keep entertaining people with the gladiator games and keep throwing them bread, then you'll keep the people satisfied and they won't revolt against the Caesars and the powers of Rome. And Jesus had kind of a counter-Roman slogan. He says in John chapter 6, verse 48, he says, yes, I am the bread of life. So think about it these people who had just received Roman bread from the Roman food carts, um, Jesus is saying, wait a minute, I'm your provider, not Caesar. Caesar doesn't love you. Caesar's not gonna care for you. I'm the one that provides for all of your needs. And this same group of people that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life for you, he says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all the stuff you need is gonna be added to you. And so that's why we teach you regularly here to give a first fruit or a first priority tithe at a storehouse, a local church. And we don't back off on that because we know that Jesus, to bring his kingdom, we have to seek his kingdom first. If we want his kingdom to be manifest in our lives, we have to seek it first above all things as a first priority. And so it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to provide first for your spiritual needs. He wants to provide for your emotional needs. He wants to provide for your financial needs. And he is that provider. That's what Jesus means when he says, I am your bread. And so it doesn't matter if you're a college student and you feel like you don't have a lot of money and you like, uh, uh, you know, you're working part time just to make it through school. Or some of you may be working full time and going through school. You seek God first with your resources because he's your provider and he'll, he's the one that's going to get you through. Some of you are retired living on a fixed income. You still seek him first with your resources because he's going to be your provider and get you through. He's your bread. Some of you are very successful and make a lot of money. You seek him first as your provider because he's the one that gave you the skills and abilities that you have that make you successful. God is the one that provided you the opportunity that you got for particular jobs and opportunities to make certain contacts that would lead to your success. M many of you feel like, well, I'm middle class. Well, you seek him first as your provider in the middle class because um, the rest of the world thinks you're rich. If you travel to other countries around the world, you'll see that even our middle class here in America is rich by global standards. And we seek him first because he's given us the opportunities to live in this country. He's given us the opportunities to get good jobs that are provided here and to be able to work and enjoy a good middle-class life uh, in the United States. We seek him first. And another reason that we want to uh, honor him as our bread is because of the truth of Luke chapter 22. Look at verse 19. It says, then 
He took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks uh, to God for it, he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. And so when we take communion, which we, by the way, we have a communion service coming up here pretty soon uh, at City Church downtown, but every time we take communion, we're reminded of the truth that not only is he our financial provider, but he is also the provider of our salvation. Jesus allowed allowed his own body to be broken on the cross to die there so that my sins could be forgiven, so that your sins could be forgiven if we just receive it. And so if you're a spiritual investigator here wondering how to have a relationship with God, it's simple. You just believe that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, his body was broken there for you, and you just receive that as a gift. And so let's make some declarations out loud together. And those of you who are worshiping next door in the video cafe, you have to say these out loud with us even over your coffee, right? So you just have more energy over there to make these declarations. You ready to say it out loud with me? Here we go. Jesus, I trust you to meet my spiritual needs. Jesus, I trust you to meet my emotional needs. Jesus, I trust you to meet my physical needs. Now, one of the biggest needs that you and I have is the need for forgiveness. And that's the next phase of uh, the model prayer that we're looking at today is to forgive. Jesus says, pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so forgiveness takes a little bit of reflection and thinking So we're going to say another prayer, both here in the theater and next door at the video cafe, and we're going to put this prayer on screen for you, and I want you to pray it out loud with me um, as we uh, ask God to speak to us now and show us where to to forgive. So look at this prayer. It's on screen. There it is. Okay, pray this out loud with me. Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your kindness and patience towards me. Please bring to mind all the people I need to forgive. Please bring to mind my sins that need to be forgiven. Now, at this point in the service, we're gonna take about a minute of silence. And during this time, we're gonna put two prayers on screen that are related to forgiveness. I don't want you to pray them. I just want you to look at them, read them, digest them. Because in the first prayer, I'm asking you to think about and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about a sin in your own life that you need to confess to God. And we're gonna confess those out loud here in just a minute. I'm not gonna like hand you a mic or make it embarrassing for you because some of you are like, dude, I came to church with my grandma. I'm not saying my stuff out loud right here, okay? So here's what you do in here a minute later on when we say it out loud. We'll just say the words and then you just kind of go, you know, just say it kind of quiet, you know? And then in that second prayer, I want you to reflect upon and think about, uh, you know, the person who has hurt you that you need to forgive. And then name the sin that they committed against you. And then you'll talk about how it made you feel. Isn't it important to process how those sins made you feel? Think about it. So let's take about one minute of silence, reflection, thinking about these prayers And then we'll regroup here in about a minute and uh, I'll lead you in these prayers.
Okay, you guys ready to do business with God? And remember, you can say these things quietly so that um, in case you have a nosy neighbor. But let's, say, let's speak this to our good Father. Here we go, ready? Dear Heavenly Father, I confess the sin of and ask for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness and healing. Now let's move on to the next prayer. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I choose to forgive. For, because it made me feel. So in this last section of the model prayer, we have to focus in on the word deliver. The word deliver, because remember Jesus asked us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from the evil one. And as soon as I read that part about there being an evil one, I know exactly what some of you are thinking because I would probably be thinking the same thing if I were in your shoes. It's like, oh no, is this one of those churches that believes in like literal demons and devils? I mean, they're like, uh, what are they into? Chupacabras and the tooth fairy and, you know, the donkey lady on the south side. They believe in all this, all this stuff, you know? Then I thought to myself, you know, after the first time I had actually experienced a manifestation of evil, demonic, literal demonic spirit, I thought, am I just a crazy man or what? I mean, are there like well-educated people, like thinking people who believe in this kind of stuff? And I became familiar with Dr. Neil Anderson of Talbot Theological Seminary, as well as Dr. Tim Warner at Trinity Divinity School. And then I sat under the training and teaching of Dr. Roy Fish, who uh, actually mentored Rick Warren, uh, author of The Purpose Driven Life. And I sat at a theological roundtable, a small group, and Dr. David Allen was there, who's been a professor at both Harvard and Yale. And all of these men have experienced the same types of things and hundreds and hundreds of more academics that I've met have experienced these things. So it's real. And even if you don't believe in like literal demons, could you at least admit that there's evil in the world? I mean, come on, look at the news. The sexual abuse of gymnasts on Team USA by a doctor who was supposed to be helping them and he was sexually abusing these kids and racism in Charlottesville and in Hollywood, movie producers sexually abusing women and marginalizing women. You also see like the church shooting right outside San Antonio, First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs. And uh, just in recent days, a school shooting in Kentucky where kids are just going to school and someone guns them down in cold blood. You see unbelievable kind of partisan divisions politically in our country by both sides of the aisle. I mean, people just don't want to get along with anyone, do they? Look, the Bible teaches us, gives us a good explanation for this, that there are demonic spirits in the background lurking, causing division and abuse and even murder in the world. But the good news for those of us that know Christ is that we're given power over those demonic forces in the world and we can speak out against them in our prayers. And our prayers are powerful. And so I'm gonna ask you now to stand up with me and we're gonna do a responsive reading and here's how this is gonna work. We're gonna be speaking out against the demonic and I'm gonna read most of these things that we're gonna put on screen. But when it says everyone, that's your cue to join in with me and say it out loud with me. 
So do we understand how this is gonna work? Okay, I'll start us out here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand together as brothers and sisters against Satan and all his demons. We establish our authority over Satan and demons delegated to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now everyone join with me. We bind the strong men. We command demons not to manifest or distract. We command all demons in this place to go straight to the pit and don't stop anywhere else on your way. We command demons not to bother anyone else, especially those in this room, their families, and especially our kids who are next door. Now everyone, we command demons who are dividing marriages to leave. Everyone, we command demons who are causing addictions to leave. We command that there will be no control or confusion of minds, tongues, or bodies. We command you demons to take all your associates and your collective works and effects with you as you leave to the pit. We claim protection from Satan and all his demons. Now everyone, we claim authority over Satan and all his demons. We command demons who cause sickness, disease, and chemical imbalances to leave our bodies and bother no one else. Now, everyone together, we claim our victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And look, check this out. Another thing that the gospel does is it opens someone's mind and heart to be able to receive the gospel. The Bible tells us that uh, sometimes these demons will like put scales over someone's eyes so that they can't see or receive the gospel. But today the scales are being removed for someone. And that's why I have one last prayer or declaration that I want you to make. All of us can make it together, but it's going to be uniquely important for those of you that are today in this moment, this special moment right now, able to believe in Jesus. So will you say this last declaration with me, everyone? I choose to believe Jesus died on the cross. I'm a child of God. And so let's sing together. Yes. Let's make this next song our prayer, like a song prayer as we speak of the deliverance of our good father. And our good and powerful father, we thank you that because we're your children, we're not slaves to the fear of rejection anymore. We're not slaves to depression anymore. We're no longer slaves to porn. We're no longer uh, slaves to poverty. But we have what we need in you. And most of all, we're no longer slaves of the devil that he can yank our chains and cause us to say all forms of evil and cause us to do all sorts of bad things. But you're setting us free. Every different kind of us, you know. You're setting some people free from religion <laughs> because they've just been jumping through religious hoops in hope of earning your favor and your love. And it's like, no, it's just a gift of love to receive. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the awesome, amazing work you're doing among us today in our church. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.